Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 133. Thank you for joining us. Today, Bonnie and I take a virtual college tour of Colby College partner JP Catholic in Escondido, California. Our wonderful student guides, Bailey Garland and Colby alum, Alan Hewitt, help us to see what life is like at a college that brings together creative arts, digital media, and business with Catholic liberal arts. Whether it's an actual performance or just living our daily lives, Bailey shares with us the wisdom that everything should be done as if we had an audience of one, our Lord Jesus Christ. We hope that you'll enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy. Hi, Stephen. How does another Colby College Partner Tour sound? Sounds great. I love the Newman Guide schools, and uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing from our guests today. Definitely. I'm excited to talk to these guys. We uh, This time we're going to John Paul the Great University in Escondido, California, known informally as JP Catholic. The school builds itself as a community of artists and innovators, and a creative hub centered around faith in Jesus Christ and the beauty of the Catholic faith. Studies are focused on the creative arts and business with a grounding in the transcendentals of truth and beauty. Here to be our guides for this aural visit are JP Catholic students Bailey Garland and Alan Hewitt. Hello and welcome to the Colby Cast. Hello, thank you so much for having us. Hello, excited to be here. Thank you for having us. You're most welcome. It's good to meet you guys. So imagine that we have arrived on your campus for a tour. How would you introduce yourselves to such a group before setting off to see the sites? We'll start with you, Bailey. Oh, that's an excellent question. So I would say hi. (laughs) My name is Bailey Garland. Um, I have a little bit of a different background. So I, I have a previous degree in acting from Illinois State University. So I'm from Illinois. And then the Lord called me out all the way to California um, to join the community at John Paul the Great University, um, simply because he told me to. I was studying education, and um, I, with my acting degree, I really um, was developing formation through our John Paul II Newman Center at Illinois State. Um, and I came out here, and what I saw through um, the discovery of the school was that it was a authentic, I think is the right word, place of faith um, that I was able to develop these, or I further develop uh, my skills in creativity. So my acting, my communication skills, new evangelization, all these ways that like um, different artistic abilities could kind of manifest themselves. Um, I found that here. So uh, on the tour, I would encourage you to uh, keep an open mind to seeing all the ways that those kind of um, those kind of skills manifest themselves throughout our students, which is really cool. Okay, wonderful. Alan, let's hear about you. Yeah, absolutely. So unlike Bailey, I did not have um, prior college education before coming out to JP Catholic. It was out of high school and then all the way out to California. Um, so everything opened up, you know, all at once for me, but it was just such an exciting, welcoming atmosphere when I got here. So similarly to Bailey, um, I would introduce myself and say, you know, I'm a senior um, film production and directing student. And we have a really, a really fun, cool community of believers here on campus of so many different like backgrounds and talents and disciplines. And so it's, it's really cool just to kind of see the different arts and um, majors that are here, how is it the school come together and how 
you can kind of dive one into the other and mingle one into the other. So I would encourage students to kind of check out the different department heads, the different um, faculty that we have. We have really wonderful professors mm -hmm. that engage very actively with our students um, from media to humanities to business. And so, yeah, I would just kind of take students around and meet the different students in different majors and uh, get a feel for the different disciplines here at school and how they all kind of interconnect. And yeah, that, that strong Catholic core is just so, so um, pivotal, I think, too, and so crucial to the environment here at school. Yeah, I guess I should also add that my major, <laughs> I would also say that. So I am, um, although my, my previous degree is in acting, my my degree here that I'm studying is communications media. Um, and the cool thing at JP Catholic is we have a bunch of different um, emphases. So Alan, I believe yours is film directing. Correct, mm -hmm. yeah. So he's in communications media, but with that emphasis of film and production, um, whereas I'm no emphasis. So I am unboxed in I am free to kind of um take little courses here and there um so I can take courses in in the humanities um and obviously in my media core still I have specific classes but I'm able to um kind of Frankenstein my schedule together which is much more my style for kind of the way that the Lord has crafted me so nice. <laughs> that's exciting yeah and I think through that especially you've kind of discovered your passion for doing radio right and it's mm -hmm. not that there's a specific like emphasis for radio but it is communications media so you're tailoring your time here totally. to be able to do that and what you're really passionate about so right that no emphasis path really works I think well for you mm -hmm. and other students here on campus who are interested in something that's not necessarily like a set um, degree program they can still get that bachelor of science in communications media and tailor it to what specifically are they looking towards whether it's radio or like film scoring or music production um, there's so there's so many different ways just to kind of make the education yours um, for me personally um, I like doing that as well with my elective spaces but also the direction that a film directing program gives me as far as what classes to take and just kind of my my trajectory here at school I think has been helpful but that freedom also so with what electives you can take is just is really cool and really nice mm -hmm. sounds really neat think about that catholic core that's that's familiar to you if I understand correctly Alan coming into JP Catholic from your high school studies do I understand correctly that you're a Colby alum yes correct um I did um I was homeschooled K through 12 and the program that we used was Colby Academy. Um, so yes, correct. I definitely had a Catholic core at uh, my education growing up. And then it's not something I expected to have going to college afterwards, especially because I was interested in, in media and in film. And sometimes the two don't seem to be found together very often. So JP yeah. Catholic was a very cool and very unique melding of the two. But what was really cool um, along with the Catholic core is just the appreciation for the classics and classical education that Colby Academy had um, throughout its curriculum growing up and especially in high school with some of the literature read and the classics and um, even like things like reading Shakespeare through high school. And now like Bailey and I are currently in a Shakespeare production where we're working on pre-production for that. So there's a lot of carryover from not necessarily the same things, but similar types of things. Some of them are the same. Um, but from the curriculum in Colby Academy to the curriculum and John Paul the Great, you can find a lot of similarities as far as appreciation for classics go, that Catholic core, um, and uh, yeah, also just diving into like the depth of like the arts, I guess. I don't know exactly how else to put that, but mm -hmm. just diving into um, different artistic works, more contemporary, more classic, et cetera. Um, so yes, uh, Colby alum made for, I think, 
a strong um, springboard, I guess, into the JP Catholic curriculum for me. And I think that's something that other Colby students would find if they were interested in coming to JP Catholic is that there is a lot of um, cohesion between the two curriculums. Fantastic. Bailey, coming into JP Catholic, did you have a similar familiarity with the Catholic core or the cla- and or the classics, anything like that? Or was that new for you? So I grew up going to Catholic schools. I went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. I didn't go to public school till college. So my first university was was public university. So I had, I, I wouldn't say I had a classical education per se. I kind of learned all of that terminology coming out here with my my beautiful homeschool friends and <laughs> the different types. I only knew like, oh, you went to Catholic school, you went to public school. Like there was really no in between. Um, but I did have a very good education, especially my my grade school um, my Catholic grade school, St. Mary Nativity, they were very formative. I had some really beautiful teachers there um, kind of forming me in the faith a lot. And then in high school, I think I was more ac- academically formed than than faith formed. And then in college at our at the Newman Centers is where I credit my my reversion to to them. We had the servants of the pierced hearts of Jesus and Mary, um, those sisters developing and uh, like forming us in in the, the five stones uh, of the Catholic faith. And that was a beautiful gift to me. And so that being the St. John Paul II Newman Center is kind of how I I continue to grow into a, a deep devotion to him. Um, and he kind of has followed me and stalked me my whole life. So <laughs> now I'm going to his actual school. But um, in terms of, yeah, the, the classical type of education, I, I had never, I had taken theology classes growing up my whole life. English, all the, Shakespeare learned all the things. Um, because I was in, into acting, I studied, you know, Chekhov, I study all the, you know, all the playwrights, things like that. But here, I I never taken a philosophy class until I come to JP Catholic. Theology obviously was required again. Um, business, I actually had not taken any business classes, but it's required here. You can easily graduate with a business minor here, which is kind of cool. It's not my favorite class, just because okay. that's, but they're good, but um, those are more difficult for me to to sit through. But um, the philosophy and theology are, are kind of more my style. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. I was thinking that uh, the areas that you're in would be very uh, exciting for our patron, St. Maximilian Colby, who was very interested in using technology to evangelize and to, and to catechize and, and things. So, mm-hmm. so the others, you're, you're in the right area for our patron, I think. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an interesting, interesting thing to bring up, I think, is as we, you know, times change and we're always trying to find, like, you know where where can we where can we find like the the light and and use the tools that we now have and and continue to evangelize through them and bring light through them and I think that's just such a core mission statement for a lot of the students here at JP Catholic. Oh, absolutely. We're using media. We're using new forms of technology all the time. It's you know it's you can't deny that it's there. It's prevalent and it's you know it has its downsides. It has its great positives and we're just trying to use it for positive as much as we can. And I think saints like. Uh, St. Maximilian Colby and St. John Paul II just really kind of dove into, you know, the new millennium, if you will, and continuing to carry like the mission of the gospel through sometimes the super, super fast paced changing lives that we have. At least it feels like, I guess maybe it's always been that way, but I think especially with just the advent of the newer technology, it just feels like it's constantly something new. And so to not necessarily fight against that, but embrace it and see like, how can we continue to bring the gospel through that? um has been uh very very prevalent here on campus and so yeah i think that's a great point that you mentioned with with saint maximilian colby and then obviously of course with um 
JP2 as well and just their 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 passion for that as well. Yeah, adding off that, I think it's it's really important to see in especially in new evangelization that you're not, you know, you're not changing what's already written, what's already been like deeply seeped in tradition and obviously like this is the inspired word of God, but um it's really beautiful I think through I've just been so inspired with our our student body here. Something that really drew me to the school was that you know, you can't always um you know, the chosen is, you know, the chosen, the TV uh, web series, I believe, web, or it's on an app now. Um, like those are very special. The Passion of Christ, that's that's a special movie for a reason. And so here it's not like we're telling, you know, the passion of the Christ in every single story, but we're um, we're telling very human stories that we're able to like transcend our generation to call them to holiness to say like, hey, I, I think it's a saint. Somebody said this and it struck me so deeply was like, man fully alive, like glorifies God. And then the saints are saints who like live their humanity to the fullest, because I think we, we miss a lot of times how, um, in, in St. Catherine of Siena, we're reading her dialogue right now in one of my classes and the cell of self-knowledge, we forget that like learning about who we are, which is how we can be portrayed in movies. Like that's what was the power of movies to reflect the human person. So we're able to see who we are more truly, more fully. And through that, we're able to glorify God by truly answering that call to be who we were created to be um, and finding our identity in him, which um, sometimes it's hard yet to like reach the whole population by slapping the name of Jesus on it, which is sad because it's like, of course, we don't want to hide the name of Jesus ever. But it's really beautiful to say like Jesus sees us and through this mirroring of the human person through film, through our radio show and podcast that so we're telling, you know, human stories about how people are interacting with God and, and using their artistic call to um, grow in relationship with him. Um, those things that, that are intrinsic to who we are. And that's how we connect with God. He's not some unreachable on un, like he came down to us in the form of a human, fully human, fully um, divine, but it's like we, and then we can like connect ourselves to him by, you know, reflecting on that and participating in the sacraments and things like that. But these human stories are what's going to, you know, maybe lead us there. And I think JP Catholic does a really good job of fostering a place to encourage that, that kind of atmosphere. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. What you're saying here may, immediately made me think of J.R.R. Tolkien. So that's not necessarily human, although I guess even the halflings <laughs> and stuff are more human in some way, but, but he doesn't, you know, there's nothing overtly Catholic about his work yet many people have converted after reading his work. So that truth of humanity and humanity's condition that even if it's not the passion of the Christ or the chosen, where it's explicitly faith related, but, but uh, yeah, that can have such a huge impact on, on people. Definitely. Yeah. I think, I think it's such, such an important point, just how important it is to reflect like humanity in it, you know, in all its reality and also in all its goodness, because you know what God created said it was very good. So mm-hmm. we don't we don't need to hide that. We don't need to pretend it's otherwise. Uh, I think it's it's just finding the balance of how do we portray it in its reality and its brokenness, as well as you know, humanity's called to love and be loved ultimately. You know, with united with the divine, um, and finding that balance of okay, how do we make it uh, palatable for people that aren't necessarily looking for specifically or explicitly Christian content, but at the same time, um, finding ways to weave it in there to reflect the tr- the truth of the human experience and the truth of the goodness of the human person as God created it, which I think we desperately need today. 
Um, so just finding that balance of how how to effectively weave that into our storytelling, into our media um, is always, you know, it's always kind of a, a debate. It's a struggle. It's an exploration process. It's an adventure, but we're trying and having fun while doing it. So, yeah. That seems like a good uh, segue into discussing in a little bit more depth, JP Catholic's mission focus and Catholic identity. Uh, um, your school positions itself at the intersection of hands-on creative arts, digital media, and business with a Catholic liberal arts education in a supportive Christ-centered community. I'm really interested in intersection. So I'd love to hear more about this, this particular intersection. Oh, yes. This is something I'm very passionate about because I think um, we tend to separate ourselves too. We compartmentalize as human beings. Like this is my my Catholic side. This is my artistic side. This is this. And when we are made to be um, whole, we are made to holiness is literally the word is it, and you know, it's in there um, and to integrate those things. And so for me, particularly as an actress, there's a lot of symbolism in the way that we pray, the way we worship as Catholics. I mean, theater started in the Catholic church in the way I want to guard my words here. So thought like, bear with me in, in a way the mass is a performance. It's up, you know, it's elevated on an altar, the stage, you know, things like that. There are different players, the priests, the altar servers, um, Jesus himself is there. And so there's many different people who come together in communion to witness, to hear the word of the, like the Lord, we're all in communion listening and then physically in communion with Christ when we receive the Eucharist. Um, and so for me, that um, that right there is an art in itself that we kind of take for granted. I think we we hear the choir. Alan's part of our choir. He sings beautifully. We have a beautiful choir, and there's so many things that beauty itself, one of those transcendentals, truth, beauty, and goodness, our soul is uplifted through that. And that's the whole point of art. And we see that right there in the Eucharist, which is the source and summit of our faith. So what's surrounding the Eucharist is often art <laughs> because it's, it's helping us to transcend into... Um, the presence of the Lord. And with that, the even when you're in Eucharistic adoration, like the monstrance itself is placed in almost what looks like a spotlight to me. So that's an, this always helped me in the audience of one, like we're always before an audience of one, which is Jesus Christ. And that's who the only applause we need is from the Lord. Um, and the fact that he is in this little like spotlight thing, the, the rays of golden light coming out of him. Um, there's so much there that just, if you literally look at the Eucharist, you're going to, I mean, art is surrounding the Lord. He is a creator, Deus creator. Like he, he is the, the OG, the original creator. So um, we have an intrinsic call to collaborate with him in that. And JP Catholic is just really, I think, embracing that, um, which I think there was a bit of a war between again, because we are compartmentalizing. And it is, artists have a lot of questions. We dig deeper into things, which is not bad and we don't need to fear that. But in that exploration, the way we present it, if we go back to the thing of movies, like movies don't always have to have happy endings. They can be stories of warning. They can be all these things. But the Bible is not rated PG. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> it's like not. And so we don't have to fear portraying things that might be ugly or... um hard to look at or things that make us question and because we know that we can go to Jesus with anything and he will provide the answers and they're all there um and so with art I think because we have we're not afraid of the questions here I think we're we let people explore but we also um because of our availability of 
sacraments, you know, confession daily, mass daily, Eucharistic adoration daily. Um, all things are Christ is it's Christocentric. So everything is right there. Um, and Jesus is at, is at the heart. So, you know, as you're exploring who your first, you know, line of defense is, is to go right there before Jesus. Do you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I think that covers it super, super. I was really going there. Well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I would, I would definitely say, um, that that intersection of creativity and Catholicism is is very prevalent. And I think, honestly, many of the points that Billy touched upon is really hits the nail on the head as far as um, we enter into our understanding that like it is a it is an invitation towards something greater. It doesn't always have to be explicitly that way and art in and of itself isn't necessarily the transcendence but it's pointing to mm. the transcendence right that's so a good distinction beauty, goodness yeah. if you can find those things in art well it's pointing to the ultimate truth of beauty and goodness right so um i think that this school that intersection is pivotal i don't think it's an accident that it's a catholic school as well as an art school um because the two go together so cohesively and um utilizing the Catholic tradition, and I maybe utilize is the wrong word, but realizing the Catholic tradition and um, kind of integrating that into an education, into liberal arts, into communications media, into storytelling is so important because it just helps you understand not, not necessarily like, oh, everything is the Sistine Chapel. It just helps you understand what art can do, right, for humanity uh, on a human level what it can do on a divine level not necessarily us but again like the mass right there's mm -hmm. art there and god you know is present there um so they're not divorced they're very integrated and then a little bit if i could just touch on the other disciplines taught at the school as well whether it's like creative entrepreneurship or something right. more the business side of things and then obviously theology philosophy the, i mean we have like like bailey was mentioning core classes in business and theology and philosophy, regardless of what emphasis you have. So there's something holistic about learning the different um, skills and the different trades, if you will, about um, other practical tools that you need for the world, but all kind of united in that Christocentric core that reminds you that like you're doing something greater than just for the world itself we're trying to you know bring ourselves closer to christ and bring others closer to christ through these skills that are very practical that are super good to know and the integration of them i think is just super smart and like just just on a basic level right it's super smart and then on uh, another level kind of a higher level losing the word a little bit here but like it aims for something higher it mm -hmm. aims for something more than if that makes sense mm -hmm. sure it makes a lot of sense to me as far as the connections because you know liberal arts as far as your curriculum at least part of your curriculum which is ordered towards truth towards thinking and identifying what's true with things for yourself not not being not just having the opinions of of what other people have told you and with the catholic tradition where you have the truth and this under a deeper understanding of reality um, and then to be able to turn around and reflect that in in whatever media, if, if you're doing the arts. But I mean, you can often see if you if you get somebody who doesn't understand the world, they don't understand the love that God has for us. 
Um, so yes, the world is is dark. We know we know this in many in many respects, but it's oh, there's always a, that light there, and and kind of be able to put that together, and even if you're reflecting the horrible things in the society or, or or things that have happened, we know that ultimately God is in control of those things, and to be able to to kind of shed that light on a situation where it's not despair, it's not uh, just ugliness. You know, it's there's. There's always something there that's beautiful. I've, I've, it makes sense that you bring those things together. So it seems well-crafted. Definitely. Yeah, actually commenting off that, the whole aspect of identity was actually something that really also drew me to the school because I did, I came from uh, a, very, a secular university where I saw people putting all of their eggs in one basket in a bad way, where it was like, if you you know, our identity is rooted in Christ. And here, I think we we have a place that, that sets us up, us up easily to um, accept that by having the sacraments available to us at all, like all the time. Um, and for me, that was really important because I, I went like out of high school, like theater and the arts and school, everything was, that was my life. You know, my, I was centered around that. And I knew as, as I developed in that formation, kind of my, my mindset had switched when I realized who I was in Christ. And obviously that's still a daily battle and to you know to choose to put Christ first um, and to choose that um, as our core identity but that was what was really important to me here is that I saw um, the freedom to not to work not lacking in work we, we work very hard in the in the place that you're given and you develop the gifts that you've been given but they that's not who you are you know it's like your first identity is in Christ and I think there's a great freedom and we run from that so much and that's why, I mean, again, I'm a no emphasis major, so I do have a little bit more freedom and, and just I, I touch in a lot of different areas in a normal way. But like to say, oh, my gosh, if I don't get this role or if I don't start this business or what happens if the business fails, you know, like, well, that's OK. Like, that's OK. If you, you're working hard and you know who you are, then keep your eyes fixed on Christ. And, you know, he's going to he's going to use all of those things um, in the same way. Like sometimes things look ugly, like the business failed or you didn't get the part you wanted or your movie only reached two people, but it's like, that's okay. You know, it's like, there's something about the journey because our destination is heaven. It's not on this earth. So it's, um, I think that this school, um, that's what we're really trying to foster in our pillows of formation is to say like, Hey, um, this is good. And you should be developing this gift. I mean, that's what the podcast that I run letter to artists is all about, like develop that gift and put it at the service of God, but remember that it's God's. And so the surrendering of the gift is equally as beautiful. If you have to put it away or if, something happens where it changes your path in life. And that's what I think is really beautiful about this place is that it trusts that God is going to use all of it. <laughs> so I hope that made sense for the kind of the topic. Yes, <laughs> you, you just essentially grabbed one of our key phrases from St. Ignatius of Loyola, ad maiorum de gloriam, um, all oh, for the greater glory of God here. Mm-hmm. And which is, which is, un, it's not what you think, what I think of when I think of film in particular, where you think about the child actors or people who scrape or compromise or do whatever to to make themselves the center of, right. of things, where what you said is exactly the opposite of that, which is an in, it's a great thing to bring into that media or just media in general, I think, is that constant focus because oof, what a temptation that would be if you were one of those, you know, all you know stars or, or famous people to to constantly have people fawning over you and right but to, to turn that around and say no this is not about me this is about 
God, you know, this is. And that's where I encourage that monstrance being the audience of one. When someone said that to me, I was like, how brilliant, like for all of us who are involved in the arts, like that is the only, the only spotlight you need is the monstrance. Mm. And I, I think that's so powerful. Beautiful. I don't know that I've heard that before, but I really like that. Mm -hmm. um, just tying in that, that point of identity is like, like you said, Stephen, it is a temptation, right? To, to want to make it about you, to want to get all the, the, the praise. But I think the more we do that, the more we actually lose who we are and like goodness knows like we have enough to figure out and enough confusion and so it's like it, you you have to have that that center in Christ and to know that you can always at least like if there's no one else if there's nothing else you can always go back to him and remember that you're a child of God you're a brother or sister in Christ like that's that's your core identity it might not always feel like it but if you can at least know that truth you have something to, to ground you you have that center and i think it's it is pivotal because the temptation is so strong like you said so very helpful to be learning in an environment where obviously it doesn't make things easy it doesn't make things perfect right. but to have that emphasis that reminder like hey like the monstrance or the tabernacle is always there God's always there. And that's ultimately at the end of the day, that's who you need to be rooted in. Mm. That's where you'll like, if no one else, he can tell you who you are. And that's where you'll have that true sense of identity. That's, that's also so valuable that that message that these things, these talents you have, or the work that you do, those things don't define you. So the, what defines you is your identity in Christ. And I think that is a message that can be extrapolated, applied to anything we undertake, right? Or any, any direction we're thinking of going or any, any such things, but here applied, especially to these, that's very valuable and beyond. Yeah. It's so easy to get caught up in our identity being about what we do when it's not that. How did John Paul II get to be the patron of your school? Our, our president was interested in the, the model that Franciscan University of Steubenville um, used for their school. He wanted something more tailored towards communications media and more of like the creative slash business side of the world, I guess, or the industry um, and how to take the Catholic model and have that like together with um, teaching in, in the creative arts, in the business arts and whatnot. Um, so I think just um, John Paul II's fascination and, and dedication to the creative arts especially and you know his letter to artists and his passion for youth and uh creativity in general i mean he was an actor and a playwright uh and whatnot mm -hmm. um and probably other things that i'm all forgetting all like was all of the things all of it um, but i think just his passion there i think our president really saw him as someone who embodied kind of that mission to bring young people into the world where it's at without losing the Catholic tradition without losing the mission for evangelization. So that would be my rough guess is that John Paul the Great kind of just embodies in a person that that mission um, and that that more or less, for lack of a better word, modern mission. Maybe you can't quote me on that because <laughs> Dr. Connolly probably has a better answer, but that just to give you an idea. That was well done. Nicely done. Uh, so a couple of times now you've mentioned, Bailey, your podcast letter to artists. I'm going to come back and hear more about that. I want to ask you about another unique aspect of your program. Are all of them, is it always a three-year program or are they, is that like a particular track you can go, you can choose or does everybody, is everybody there for three years more or less, or is it some choice that some, that folks sometimes opt for? 
normally you you come in and you were on a three year track. Like that's like the normal air quotes that people can't see me doing um, path of education that we have. You obviously it's like any other college. You're if you're a transfer, everything is catered a little differently to you know your more personalized like personalized uh, path. So for me, I'm only here. I'm only here as a student for two years. So I came in and I'll graduate this. I came in last year. I graduate this year. I have a, a roommate. She's got you know a couple quarters shy, and she'll she'll graduate. But it's very unique and very different. It, it definitely was hard for me to adjust from going four years to a semester university to back on like on the quarter system. Um, it moves very quick. So we do four 10 week quarters with about two to three week breaks with one month long break. And that that's like our again, air quotes, our fall break is is the long one. So that's a month long break. But in, in between our little quarters, our 10 week quarters, we have two to three week breaks. Um, and it can, it moves very quickly. The quarters do. Um, most classes are once a week for three hours, um, which is nice. But then you really have to learn time management because when you only have class once a week, you tend to forget that you have that class. <laughs> um, but it is really nice because um, that kind of then allows you again to like going back to that holistic thing. Um, you're able to join clubs we have a bunch of clubs on the university floor we've got ministries which is beautiful um alan and i both he runs choir ministry i run praise ministry um so he like he does the singing for mass we we have a praise and worship night once a week there fosters a lot of different spiritualities on campus all within the catholic doctrine and then yeah you can be on film sets you can which that means i mean that takes everybody business people graphic designer, any anybody can be involved in a film set. It takes all of the people, um, no matter what your talent is. Um, yeah, just hanging out with friends. We've got a lot of events. Again, both Alan and I are on Campus Life team. So um, we kind of are student ambassadors, I guess you would say, in a sense, uh, and RAs. So we we have a Latitude apartment complex and townhomes, so apartment and townhomes. Um, and those you can stay on except all throughout the school year, except um, that fall break. So you we do move out for a month um, and then move back in. But yeah, so we got a lot of good stuff going on. Want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I think it pretty much covers it. But yeah, it's, it's, it is a, typically speaking, a three-year, um, year-round program, like Bailey was saying. So you have one for each season, right? So you have fall, winter, spring, and summer quarters. So you would traditionally start in the fall and then three years later you would graduate at the end of the summer and then that would bring you like three full years basically from when you entered the, the university and then again obviously if you have transfer credits or if you came in at a different quarter because you transferred in the winter or the spring it's going to look a little different for each person but um, all the um, all the emphases and all the programs have a curriculum that follows that three-year structure so if you're a business student like freshman business student or a freshman film student, you're both traditionally speaking there for the three three full years, um, four quarters, four 10-week quarters in a year. And again, it's going to look a little different for every person just depending on circumstance, but every, every curriculum and every um, emphasis follows that same structure. Okay. So you kind of come in figuring I'm here for three years with depending Correct. on the person of course but we tend to think of a four year university but this is right. right this is you come in with the mindset it's three okay that's yeah. right okay and the um the interesting thing is that it's still technically a four year degree because mm -hmm. the amount of schooling comes out to the same it's just that summer quarter that you do three times for 3 years 
um, ends up shaving off what would be another year of school because most schools obviously would have that summer break and just the two semesters. So you still have freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior grade levels. Right. It's just you you cycle through them within three years instead of four. Yeah. So it's like almost every three quarters is kind of when Correct. you like three quarters equals a full year in a sense. Yes. Okay. I'm yeah. saying that correct. correct. Um, and it, it does, it gets a little confusing. Like right now we have technically Alan and I are seniors, but to anyone walking in, we'd say we're seniors, but we're juniors in the track because next quarter is when we would transition right. to seniors. Um, but it's much easier to <laughs> not to go through the whole explanation, but also gotcha. the unique part about our school um, that does make it different than a four-year university is kind of going off of those, like we have apartments and townhomes right away. Like that is our on-campus living um, as opposed to a dorm. Um, and then we don't have a dining hall, which to some people might sound scary, but it saves you a lot of money and the freshman 15 um, and <laughs> all of the things. So um, it, it is a good preparation for life. And that's kind of why they structured the school this way is they wanted to help prepare students for work life where you would really only get maximum a two week break. You know, usually in a workplace, you're not even going to get a two week break, but that's kind of what they wanted us to prepare us for that type of living, especially um yeah, with the creative arts, like thinking of film sets, thinking of yeah, business people, like this is the way life will be. Um, and they want to train us now to how to live that on our own before, you know, we enter our vocations. It's a really interesting idea to me. And we talked with uh, Monsignor Shea, who's the president of University of Mary up in North Dakota, and he's instituted like a two and three, two and two thirds year school year where they go year round with breaks in between. I mean, to me, it most of us aren't farmers, so it makes absolute sense to me that you don't need the summer months to go work in the fields. But uh, what's your experience like with that? It's, a, I'm sure, a bit different than your high school experience or prior college experience. Is that a overall positive, or, or what do you think? Sure. Yeah, it's funny. Um, We just had a university day last weekend with some prospective students, and that was one of the questions I got asked, just kind of like, how how does that year-round system check out? Is it is it a positive? Is it a negative? Um, I would say overall positive. I think to a certain extent, um, it kind of depends on your mindset, whether or not you'd prefer to have four years or three. Um, the nice thing about three is that sometimes in the long run, that's, that saves you money. Um, but from the standpoint of at least a film major, momentum and motivation is huge. And I think having this year-round structure keeps that momentum going. And that's something that at least when I was applying to the school and learning more about it, they they kind of marketed to me was um, this, this year-round structure is designed so that, like Bailey was saying, you're kind of getting prepared for work experience in the industry or whatever um, a section of the world that you want to go into where things can tend towards more of a fast pace year-round. You don't have these huge breaks I mean, unless maybe you're in the education system and then yeah, it might true. line up that way. But if you're not, it it kind of goes year round, right? So there's a practicality aspect as far as the preparation that it allows you to go to school year round. And also there's a momentum that keeps going when your breaks are only so long and refreshing for sure. Um, but it also allows you to kind of keep on a forward track and you don't have this lull over the summer. And then come fall, you have to kind of like reset and come back the year round structure kind of enables you to keep learning, to keep applying skills, honing them and, and to keep creating as well. Um, and that might look a little different from somebody who's not a film student and how they would, they would um, 
represent that. But I would say it's probably largely similar as far as the motivation and the momentum goes. So that would be the positive that I take away. If there's a negative it or if there's a difference from traditional schooling, it's just that um, it, it goes by fast. Like mm. we're in our last year and it it's crazy. Like, and that's just time in general, right? Like time, time goes the same speed for everybody, but um, you're definitely busy. You're always moving and it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's very fast paced. That's for sure. Yeah. I think that would be coming from a four-year university to, to um, it's nice because of that part of my life where I was like, oh, I don't want to drag out school that much longer. Um, So being able to, to get through the, the program quicker is nice, but it is very fast. Um, And we're a very project-based school. So it does make sense because that's kind of, again, because we are pretty focused on the creative arts and the film is kind of our biggest niche in that just simply we're California school. Like that's, what's going to the crowd we're going to draw. Um, it's very nice because movie sets aren't very long. Like they're, they don't take that much. They're filming for a specific amount of time. Pre-production, all the whole thing total is a long time, but the shooting time is very quick. And so we actually, we shot our feature film, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit later in the two week break, one of our two week breaks. And so that, um, that was a bit of a rough turnaround. I think for most of us, the experience was amazing, but, um, the turnaround time was, was hard just because that was our break. And then we ended up, you know, working a lot over our break. I think it's all about the experience that you're looking for. It's just such good practical experience that you're not going to get anywhere else. And like, that's why I came here to, to work. Like I came in this mindset of like, oh, this is time to work. And we have a bunch of ways again, to kind of foster that social life as well. Um, but it kind of also helps you learn how to say no and prioritize. And again, protecting that identity, like who are you? Um, and this school, I think challenges you to, to look at that and say like, what are the things really important to me? Um, what that I spend my time on and that I give my full yes to. And that's something I really struggle with is, is not spreading myself too thin. And so this school has been a huge place of growth for me there to say, okay, what can I really say no to? And so, yeah, I think overall it's, it's a really good thing. It's just definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about some of the things like, um, within thinking about it as one of the advantages that was proposed again by Monsignor Shea was that, um, if you, in the traditional model, you have to kind of go back home and then it's your old high school friends who may not have the same love of their faith anymore. So maybe a chance to evangelize, but oftentimes maybe a reset on all of that progress that you've been making where you don't have the sacraments available all the time. And so being able to maintain that kind of throughout the year, and he also the very practical point of, you know, you can make minimum wage for three summers, or you can start into the career world earlier at a higher salary rate where you're starting your career and getting a jump on that. Um, so, so practically speaking, it also sounds very wonderful as well from a, from an economic standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Alan, you're singing my song with the momentum though. I'm all about momentum. Yeah. I keep that momentum going. Steven hears me talk about that all the time with our podcast production. Like we got to get our momentum, keep it going. Start back up. Yeah. Definitely for sure. Okay. Well, I'd love it if you guys would give us a sort of a snapshot of your daily life. I would imagine no two days are the same, but is there a sort of um, through line or a commonality just a rhythm of your days how what's that look like for a typical student or for you guys 
not that you're not typical, but for either individually or what it's like being a student at JP Catholic. Sure. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe hearing from both of us will be a good, a good way into like what, where the commonality is and where the difference yeah. is. But I think that one thing that you just mentioned is probably true for most students in that no two, no two days are alike. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm sure that's just, that's as a general statement, it's true. Yeah. Um, I feel personally here, it's especially true, um, which makes it exciting and fun all the time. Um, but I'm definitely somebody who likes to have things planned out in advance. And there's a certain part of me that had to let things go a little bit when it came to here. I mean, school keeps things structured to an extent, but there's always opportunities. So like Bailey was saying, you have to learn what to say yes and what to say no to and just kind of find your boundaries there. But my typical day, I mean, again, it's not always typical, but um, we have mass on campus every day. So that's always at 11 o'clock and everything breaks for that. So there's no classes that run through that that um, that time block between 11 to 1230. We don't have we don't have classes. So I usually try and make that make that block to go to mass. I mean, realistically, not everybody can every day, um, but it's nice to at least have the option there. Um, so generally, you know, it's up in the morning and I'm either getting started on uh, organizing my day or doing work that I need to get done for the day or going to class if I have like an 8 a.m. Use mass, um, confession after and adoration if you want it. Generally in the afternoons, my days currently and pretty consistently recently would consist of either a class if I have an afternoon class and or meetings. I mean, uh, Bailey has mentioned that we both work on the campus life team. So there's work responsibilities to be done. Um, and then obviously there's regular homework and um, and other other responsibilities. A lot of times I spend my days on campus at school rather than at the apartment units um, because right now my schedule works out that I usually have morning and afternoon classes. So I just stay on campus in between the two rather than go back and forth. But depending on what your class schedule looks like, that might change. But a lot of times I get my work done at the school and then at the end of the day i'll go back to home base at the apartments and uh try to make it to rosary that happens every night at 8 30. um do maybe you know try and find something fun to do with friends for a little bit in the evening um do a movie night or game night or something but yeah and it, it changes it changes from day to day i mean this past weekend i was on a film set um so that's gonna happen on the weekends a lot especially if you're a film student, but even if you're not and you just want to get on a film set, you have that open to you. You will be, be on a film set if you go to the school oh, at you, least once. You will. You will be. <laughs> and uh, there's usually an event on Saturday night. And there's the, like club events and smaller events throughout the week as well. So there's always those to get to. So you always have the options and things are always different, but the campus life is pretty dynamic. So I know that maybe that says everything and nothing. I'm not sure, but that's just kind of a snapshot to my life recently. Yeah, no, that was great. Um, So, yeah, I think I'll go a little more just like this is what my day looks like. And then, yeah, hopefully it's relevant. Um, So I, I tend to always get on campus like by 8 a.m. just because that's the type of person that I am. So I usually work in the morning from... 8 to 10.50, so mass is at 11, so I, I try to hit daily mass. Um, but from 8 to 11, I'm usually working, so whether that's – I run our radio show and podcast, Letter to Artists, so whether I'm doing prep work for that or I'm also on campus life team, um, so I might be – I'm the communication communications media manager, so I run our student life um, Instagram page, our Facebook, and so I'm doing a lot of outreach with the students who will contact me. I, I um, write a weekly email with all of the events, all the ministries, all the clubs, all the information, and send that out. 
So normally I'm either working um, or if I if I can switch around, I'll do homework in that 8 to 10.50 period. And then I'll go to mass um, at 11 a.m. in our um, – it's in a classroom right now. We don't have a beautiful chapel yet, but we would love all of the prayers and all of the support in that area, <laughs> especially prayers would be great um, to get our chapel going. But we still find a, a very beautiful way to celebrate mass together. And then we have a small chapel, though, that's big enough for adoration. So then I'll go to adoration and then in the afternoon, I usually have class. Um, if I have a break in between, we have a bunch of uh, lovely little coffee shops. We're located in the heart of uh, Grand Avenue in Escondido, um, so it's a pretty, it's a pretty popping little town. It's very, it's very cute and quaint, and um, there's awesome coffee shops. My favorite is Esco Gelato, so I go there. Or Cute Cakes, I go there a lot to do homework, or I'll, or I'll get off campus because I um, am blessed enough to have a car out here with me. So I'll go to a coffee shop and do homework and then I'll go to class or vice versa. Um, and then at night, I'm usually either me and Alan are both in a play right now. So um, that technically is a class, but we'll have rehearsal for the play, which is Much Ado About Nothing, a Shakespeare show. Or I'll be rehearsing for like a short film um, or attending a ministry event. So we do once a week, um, we do a tradismatic night. So we're trying to um, kind of just promote um, the unity between the traditional and the charismatic spiritualities. And again, all within doctrine, noting that there's an appropriate time and place for both and allowing the students to, um, and encouraging them to develop those spiritualities because they are within the Catholic faith. So we hold a tridismatic night on Thursday, Thursday nights, which I'm a big um, advocate for. And I, I help run the, the praise ministry part of it and then attend, you know, Compline and Rosary and Vespers. We have a Eastern Byzantine rite. Um, so they run Vespers and so it's a really beautiful night. So one of those, and then getting home and spending time, I have lovely roommates. We have an awesome house. So we try to at least hang out a little bit every day in passing at least. <laughs> so, yeah. Those both sound great. It is great. <laughs> so being the, the primary cook in my household, do you how so you don't have a, a cafeteria to go to? So right. are you on your own for food prep? Yes, I would highly recommend a crock pot. Those <laughs> save my life. I am a big meal prep girl. I will make something and eat it the whole week. I love leftovers. I used to hate them when I was little. College will change your mind. Oh yes. Yeah. Like you want everything. <laughs> if it doesn't have leftovers, I'm not buying it. Um, so I am a big leftovers girl. So I actually just made some stew and it's delicious because it's getting chillier out and I'm a Midwest gal. So yeah, I would I would highly recommend a crock pot or like an Instapot or getting together with your roomie. So we all buy food individually, but then once a week we do dinner together or Sunday Sundays or ice cream. So what we'll all chip in and buy ice cream or cook for dinner um, and do a Sunday roomy night um, event. But yeah, normally I just, I meal prep a lot or buy like fruit and granola bars. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would agree with uh, Bailey as far as it goes. And we all in my house as well, we all kind of buy groceries for ourselves. And then every once in a while we'll intentionally be like, Hey, we're going to do a dinner night and everybody brings something or we'll all get together and help each other cook something. But um, yeah, it's it's not as scary as it sounds, I think, mm -hmm. to anybody who's like, oh, no, I have to learn how to cook. Like my mom would always say, like, if you can read, you can cook. Um, maybe that's not strictly true for everybody. <laughs> but I think um, there's so many recipes available just online or you can get a cookbook or you can just, you know, um, practice a little bit at home before you come out to school as well. And uh, honestly, it's a fun skill to have. It's a really practical so fun. One. So as much as it's 
might sound a little bit daunting at first. It's also like, okay, well, I'll graduate knowing that I've cooked for myself for the past three years. And that's not something new that I'll have to worry about when I'm, you know, transitioning to living on my own, getting an apartment and whatnot. Um, so yeah, um, I think it's a good thing overall to be able to have that skill and to be able to cook yourself and develop those skills through your time here. Uh, it's practical. Also, it's kind of, for me anyway, it's kind of recreational. Sometimes I just don't mind taking the time just to cook and not, not be doing something else. There's something, there's something creative about it. Like it's necessary because yes. you have to eat, but it's yeah. something creative too. So uh, it's overall, I've enjoyed it as a positive part of the the campus life here. Well, it certainly sounds like it's in keeping with the mission of getting you, preparing you for that, for yeah. life in the world. So. Totally. Very good. Yeah, so yes. Yep. Well, Alan, as a Colby alumnus yourself, what would you, what would you think a Colby student would like about or can expect from JP Catholic if they, if they were to follow in your footsteps and become students there? Sure. Yeah. Um, one thing, well, a couple of things. First, I would say I saw the connection immediately because one of the first um, courses that I took here was part of the humanities core. It was Cultural Foundations One, And we read in that class the Odyssey, Homer's Odyssey, St. Augustine's Confessions, and then Beowulf. And those are three, um, three things that I had read throughout my high school education, so they weren't new to me. It was super fun to get a read them again in the college setting in a discussion setting we had a wonderful professor a professor cramp teaching them so i loved it so there was an immediate connection there because i was like oh these are like these are books i have and these are mm -hmm. things that i've explored before um and then of course going forward with the humanities curriculum reading things that i hadn't read before but kind of are things that you either would have the option to read as part of the colby curriculum or fit well within that curriculum so there's a direct connection there that if you've done the Colby curriculum. And at least from my experience, there's quite a lot of reading that went along with that. And sometimes it was like, oh, so much reading, but it prepares you well for some of the classes here and the amount of reading you'll have to do there. And that's not always the case. Uh, like Bailey was saying, we're a very project-based school as well. So some quarters you might be heavier on the reading. And I know doing the Colby curriculum, especially in high school, very much prepared me to have the discipline to sit down and get that reading done. But you can also expect that it's not just more of that. It's delving deeper into things that were covered in Colby and certain disciplines that I learned in Colby definitely translated well here. And then also you get to apply practical skills and do projects and wh whether you're a, a business student or a film student or what whatnot, um, there's always kind of the opportunity for project-based learning as well. Um, so definitely disciplines and skills that you would have practiced and honed in the Colby curriculum, uh, subject material and subject matter that you would have learned in the Colby curriculum also here. And then some new, some new things to pick up and new things to learn, uh, new practical skills as well, especially when it comes to the communications media and more modern um, aspects of, of learning today in today's world. And the school's always trying to adapt to that and introduce new New things like this quarter we have uh, father simon teaching social media evangelization oh so, so a lot good. of students are like this class is awesome i'm not in it but it sounds amazing <laughs> um so I, I would just say a really cool bridge between very classical traditional learning with very relevant modern learning as well it's kind of a timeless aspect to it so that's something i would say you could you could 
expect as a Colby alum to translate from your education, like in your high school education, for instance, in Colby to your college education in JP? Okay. Lots to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bailey, tell us more about your radio show and podcast. You've mentioned it a few times. We give us a scoop on that. Oh, of course. So it's called Letter to Artists. It was in development um, for a long time. And then finally, we were like, you know what? Let's just, let's do it. And it was a collaboration. Um, it is a collaboration with um, JP2 Catholic Radio Station, which is um, a local Catholic program here in San Diego. Um, and they filter all of their content through um or they were, they were filtering all EWTN content. So we are their first local programming and we have an hour on their show, but it's also a podcast available, which I'll, I'll tell you how to listen in a little bit, but um, it's really letter to artists is a, is a beautiful uh, community of Catholic artists, just hearing stories from each other about our experience, um, that pursuit of your craft, one, just being literally an artist, uh, what, you know, how is a filmmaker, a filmmaker, how's an actor act? How does, uh, we have producers, how do they produce? How do poets write? All those types of things. Just how does that even work? Illustration majors we've had on, um, current in the field. And so it's, um, a mix between just from our community right now, but it's not limited to that. So it's just because we have this wonderful community of Catholic artists at our disposal. We, I interview two Catholic artists an episode, and then, um, we reflect also on, JP2's encyclical letter to artists, which is where we get into that. How does that artistic call develop, challenge, inspire our relationship with God? And then like we were talking about earlier, that integration of the Catholic faith and the arts, uh, artistic call itself, how do those things make up the human person? Um, and so it's been really, really beautiful to hear, especially um, there are people I see every day, but don't get to sit down and talk with every day, but to kind of hear how wise and wonderful the people are around us and how they can inspire us to grow in holiness simply by the, the simple gifts that we think, oh, I do this every day. Um, but God has given you that to develop and to use to to put at the service of the church. Um, and again, that doesn't need to look like necessarily building a church, although it's you know beautiful and good and you should donate your time if you're able to do that directly into the church as well. But um, we're also called to be sent out, you know, apostles were sent out into the world. And that's what um, the community that we're looking at. So we have alumni come back. We had Charlie Blum, who works in Hollywood. He was just on the pod podcast the other day. He's a cinematographer working in the heart of Hollywood. He was literally after the podcast was going up to work on a, a hollow, the, the hollowed app. He had a set there. Oh, wow. but that was, that's different than what he normally does. He normally is right in the heart of Hollywood doing all of those types of, of films, you know, and within his um, moral compass, of course, but um, yeah, so it, it's really cool. We get to, to hear those stories and, um, just really learn from each other. And um, it's beautiful. It's an hour long, so you can listen to it on, it's on Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Podcasts if you search Letter to Artists. Yeah, it, it'd be great if you tuned in, especially if you're thinking about um, developing those artistic gifts that you have. And again, each week it's a different artistic medium. So we just had Father Simon Asaki on. He's going to be the next episode, so I'll give you a, a spoiler. Um, and he's our first hour-long special guest. So I sat down with him and we talked all things social media evangelization. Um, and kind of earlier what we were talking about, that temptation, about that call to uh, kind of have others see us rather than see God. Um, and how he, especially as a priest, he's a Chaldean priest. And um, so he's just got a unique story being from, you know, I think I didn't know about the different rites of the church until I came here. So I'm um, hearing from a, a particular different rite of the church. And then he's a priest, professor and social media 
star. So he's got <laughs> he's got a lot going wow. on and just how that unique call develops in itself and how he stays, you know, rooted in that identity as first a son of Christ and then especially his priestly vocation. Um, so it's it's really cool to it's it's exactly in line with our mission to integrate the faith and the arts. So I would I'm biased, but I would 10 out of 10 recommend. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. Yeah. We'll be sure to put a link to your show in our show notes so that others can listen into that. That sounds great. I caught the first few episodes and I, I have a ways to go to catch up. So I really enjoyed what I heard so far and I'm looking forward to, to hearing more episodes. And that sounds like a, a great forthcoming episode. Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> um, wh What about your feature film though? You were just talking about the feature film that you recently were working on. There's a whole, that's part of a larger program, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So the feature film program is, um, is a relatively, well, it's a very new program here at JP Catholic. One of our professors who's an alum from the school, Professor George Simon, um, spearheaded this program because he wanted to give students the opportunity to pitch, produce, and execute a feature film within the curriculum of the school so that it wasn't something that would conflict with the course curriculum here at the school, but it would actually be integrated into it. Hmm. So when he was a student here, a bunch of students took the initiative to make a feature film. I think that's something like at least 10 years ago. And the only problem was that he said, like at the time when we did it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't integrated into the school curriculum. So it clashed with it. So he wanted to bring that experience back for students, but on the level that they could actually enroll in the program as a class and that it could be done over, like Bailey was saying, that production itself could be done over the course of the summer break. So not during classes, except for that last week of production, we did have some classes, mm -hmm. but that was worked out with faculty where we needed to have, you know, excused absences for people that weren't going to, were going to be missing classes for the feature. And then um, the pre-production process, those are classes that you can enroll for. So once again, it doesn't clash with the curriculum. It's actually integrated into it. But yeah, the idea is that students can submit scripts for feature films, um, as of right now, it's just submitting like logline uh, and just like kind of the story synopsis. So we have like what we call the eight essential story points and then the 40 like beats or scenes that take place in your film. Those get submitted. And then based on those, a panel, including Professor Simon, decides which they think would be best to produce in the context of our school. And those get pitched in the fall. So at the beginning of this quarter, we had our second annual pitch night where um, six students pitched uh, feature film ideas. And then there were some others that were in the running from last year as right. well. Um, and then those get narrowed down. One gets selected. That one obviously goes through the full writing process and the story development process, as well as pre-production process to actually shoot the film over the summer break. It shoots in the fall break. Oh, fall. I'm sorry. The summer quarter, it gets edited. And our last feature is still in the editing process as well as going forward with the marketing process for the film. Um, and then for next year, we have more scripts in the running. And then I think that'll be chosen by the end of this year. And then we'll go forward with pre-production on that next year and be doing the process all over again. So it's a, it's a really fun uh, driven process. It, again, it's young, it's new. So mm -hmm. it's something that the faculty and the students are kind of working with together to make it the best experience possible. But even the first one, I just remember every day on set, like energy was good. People were working together super well. And just to have that 
that mindset of like, okay, this is this is how feature film runs, and this is the amount of dedication it takes, and mm-hmm. also just the fact that like we we can do it. It makes it a little more tangible for students that are interested in that line of work. So super cool opportunity, super cool program yeah. that I think as it continues to grow is just going to keep getting better. And Professor Simon is really passionate about it too. So that mo- that momentum is there to keep to keep going with with this program and to see how it grows and how the students learn from it. Yeah, it was awesome. And and another unique thing I think for the students was that it was almost we we went through an interview process too to be picked to be on the feature film team. So mm-hmm. I think there was like fifty students involved. Yeah, it was something around something around there. And I mean, we're a a school of 300, you know, so it was a good chunk of our student body involved in it. But um, we still went through an interview process. We submitted resumes, you know, uh, reels like, uh, oh, my gosh, portfolios, types of things like that. And so I was part of uh, I was co-costume designer with with a team of people. And that was really awesome. Kind of just integrating again, like, again, the story wasn't particularly like it wasn't on Jesus or anything like that, you know, it was called a brawling love. So it was a Romeo, a story within a story of um, Romeo and Juliet and star-crossed lovers, these two teenage kids. So it's a very, you know, teenage rom-com type of film. Okay. Um, but even through that, like, how do we impact culture for Christ? So, so for costumes, the question of modesty was a, a huge one, you know, um, and just protecting the dignity of our actors and everything like that. And um, even, even within ourselves, you know, wrestling with the questions, wrestling with you know, especially like contemporary dress and, and even coming with different viewpoints within our team. It was like a total growing process, you know, for everybody. And and um, that was something super cool that I thought was a just a fun detail when you look and you go through each department um, and how Alan was saying it was a great experience, um, especially for people who want to be in that film. The beauty of the part for me, and I talked to Professor Simon about this and we laugh, it, it helped me realize I don't want to make movies for a living. And so, okay. and because I originally entered as a film major, like I was, that was my emphasis. And as much as I really enjoyed the process and I probably, you know, I, I've thought about doing it again. Um, I, And I still help, I'm costume designer for one of the senior projects. Um, It's not something that I think I would consistently build my life on. And that's, he was like, I'm so glad. He's like, this is what the program's for, to give those students the practical experience to be able to say yes or no. Like, can I build my life in this area is this where God's leading me and um so I think that was a really big fruit of the experience from a personal level but also just in the way that I talked with other people and watching people grow in the way like oh my gosh people love it they love it and it's so it's so beautiful again to see who people like people live the way God created them to live so um it's a really awesome experience to have Definitely, yeah. yeah yeah it sounds like it so are these is is this film distributed such that we could watch it somehow or do we need to go to Escondido's in the San Diego area? Is that correct? Do we need to yes, yeah, work out a way to get there so we can see that? Or is there another way for us to get to see the film? So <laughs> currently um, the distribution and marketing for that, that past feature film is being worked out. They were hoping for a release on um, January 1st. Realistically, that might have to be pushed back some because there are some changes that need to be made in the edit. And again, I think all of these are part of the learning experiences of this was our first feature film. Some things went incredibly well. Some things we are learning and saying, okay, we need to do this differently next time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So the hope is that it will at least go on to um, some distribution platforms. Probably, we'll see what we can pull off. Probably not subscription-based for this one. It might be transactional or advertisement uh, video on demand. 
Um, so we do not have that as of yet because there are still elements of the post-production process being done right now. And then the distribution and marketing process is, is still underway. So okay. currently there's no um, link or place that we can send you for the film, but there should be in the near future. And that would probably be true for upcoming films as well, as far as the right. scope that we're working with at the moment. Okay. We'll keep us posted. Definitely. Yeah. If, and if people um, listening do want to check out on a smaller scale our stuff, um, on our website, we do have student showcases that highlight a lot of the um, really, really well-made uh, student films. There's a lot more really, really well-made ones that just aren't on the showcase, um, but there is at least a handful sneak peek that people can look up. They also have like the illustration showcase, all, different types of art on that on our website as well. Super. Okay. Yeah. And the nice thing about those two is that most of those are like short films or short videos. Yeah. So if you're just looking to get kind of a taste of what our students do, it's a great place to go. It's right on the website. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. It's a, it's a, I'll have to go and I've, it's been a, a year or so since the last time I was on looking at some of the work, I think I have to get back on there. Yeah. I'll have to see the updates. Definitely. So we'll include links to that. So folks can go straight to, to those pages and check those out. Um, I also want to mention that that there is a, a webinar from Colby's Virtual College Fair last year, 2021, that I will link in our show notes as well for people to find out more about the school. We sure have enjoyed this time visiting with you guys. You've given us a great tour of the school. Anything you'd like to impart as you kind of wrap up your tour and, and walk us back to our uh, our starting point of this tour? Yeah, I don't know why I just kept feeling prompted to say this. Something that was very beautiful for me was really... Um, and this is so funny and random, but the word Escondido means hidden. And that's the town in the city that we're in. Mm -hmm. um, and just again, wrapping it all up with Jesus. Jesus was born in a cave in a manger in no, you know, nowhere Bethlehem. Um, and so the beauty in these tiny places, and I think a lot of people um, who might be listening to this can relate to the fact that like Jesus is born in the humble small spaces. So be not afraid. I think of that. Sometimes it's a real temptation, you know, get me out of this small town, get me out of this and that. And I've been on the 20,000 college campus, you know, like it's, and then I found my, my sanctuary in the adoration chapel. Um, so be not afraid to keep claiming your faith and to allowing Jesus to be born in the hidden places. And to quote my Papa JP two, be not afraid. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna top that <laughs> because <laughs> that's, that's a pretty great way to end it. Maybe just to go off of that. Yeah, I think for anybody that's considering college or considering, you know, for their education or what path they want to take, yeah, be not afraid for sure. I mean, just have have your center in Christ, um, discern with Him, and um, He He He's got you, and He'll show you the path that He has for you because greater are the plans He has for you. And I think a lot of a lot of the students here are definitely finding finding that out. Um, and it's a struggle sometimes to know exactly what those plans are and not knowing can be scary, but it's fun too. And uh, just to lean into the unknown sometimes just with with Christ as your center. Um, it's it's worth the ride and it's it is part of that full human experience. Well, we will certainly be on the lookout for great things coming from you guys, Alan and Bailey, and, and your colleagues there at school. And sure, I've appreciated this time with you guys. Wish you continued uh, growth and success in your programs. 
keep us posted on on your doings and we'll be watching out for you as well thank you guys so much yes thank you thank you thank you Bonnie. thank you steven it's been a wonderful time it has been thank you so much subscribe to the colby cast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode and let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating or review and as always feel free to email us at podcast at colby.org Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Kolbe, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.